Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. Episode 102. Oh my gosh, we're in the hundreds. I think we should switch episodes soon. In the fall, we will be going into season six. But for now, today I'm sharing with you a special conversation with a special lady whom I'm so glad to connect with. She found my podcast and is just such a special being. And I read her chart for her. I was running a special back last month, I think it was, where anyone who wanted to hop on a $25 reading, I would read it, record it, and then share it with the podcast so everyone else can learn, understand, and glean something from it. And it was such a beautiful reading. I can't wait for you to listen to it just to hear how she had such an amazing aha moment. And at the same time, you're going to be learning a lot about manifesting generators and all of the elements about the chart and the style getting a taste and flavor of how I read people's charts now that currently for the summer I have three spots left open for the $25 reading if you wish to do that you can click the link in the show notes and once you purchase that I will email you of course to schedule a time for me to read your chart and do the reading record it send you the recording so you have it and then post it up on the podcast so let's get diving in into wanda charlie boy's chart wanda i'm so glad to have you here we're gonna read your chart and you do you have some questions for me about your chart I think I have a lot of questions. So what I think I'd like to do if I could is instead of taking up time asking my questions first when you maybe you're going to answer them anyways, then I think I'd like to do that. Okay. So let me share my screen and share with you the chart. And for all you listening, you can have your chart in front of you so you can follow along as far as what we're talking about, the shapes. So you, my dear, are a manifesting generator to four. I feel like we should start there. Just to, what does that even mean, right? <laughs> yes. Only what does that mean, Raven? <laughs> I know. So the manifesting generator, you are a, what we call a sacral being. If you look at your chart here, this red square, second one from the bottom, that is yep. the center for life force, for working, for energy. So you have a lot of energy to do things. But you can actually do multiple things at one time. You are a multitasker. You are an initiator. But then you might stop something. You won't follow through all the way. You might be a little bit scattered. Maybe at some point someone may have labeled you ADHD. Just the manifesting generator is like a bee that goes from like this flower to that flower to this flower. Like it's not a straight line. Whereas, So there's 33% of humans who are this type which is quite a bit, 37 compared to the generator. And so the generators of the world are like, what are you doing? Like, can you just go from A to Z? You're like, no, why should I? Like, shortcuts are your bestie. Like, you hate the arduous process of going to, like, the beginning, middle to end. You may have multiple books on your nightstand, multiple projects. 
yeah, you just, you're always zipping around and that's a beautiful thing. Like you have a very organic creative process. And so don't let anyone make you feel bad or guilty that you don't go from like A to Z. Like you can skip around and that's just how you do it. That's how you learn and that's how you experience life. These are the three books. But yeah, just three of the books that I have. Right. (laughs) You're very intelligent. Manifesting generators are quick to observe and read and study and understand. Like very quick. Yeah. And so uh, any questions or thoughts on your type manifesting generator? I feel it's a tad validating, actually, because it's, oh, okay, I'm not just completely out to lunch and completely off my rocker because I don't, like, complete one and then complete one. And then it's like, no, you got to see the bigger picture. got to do everything all at the same time. Have to have multiple things going because that, like, if you do one at a time, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, Absolutely. And I just want to like total side note caveat. My mom is a manifesting generator and I am a generator. So sometimes these things can be conditioned from other people as well. Like this is your natural tendency. And maybe you have children or friends around you that are a generator. And like, I feel like I I should be able to multitask. That's what a woman does. Because that was kind of the message always spoken in the household. So it's really interesting, like, to also think about on the other side of like, nope, nope. I'm, and I always tell myself now, like, I'm a really bad multitasker. Like, I cannot do multiple things at one time because I'll drop the ball or I won't listen and I'll have to do it over again. Where I'm sure for you, you don't have to, right? You're just like, you got this. So then this is some, one thing I find a little bit interesting because I always, not always, it always is a, for a long time, but often have people say, Actually, there is no such thing as multitasking. That's not a possibility. You really need to follow through. You need to. And I just don't see it that way, period. I think that it's, I just don't see it that way. So I don't understand that language. I love that. Yeah, it is. It's like an energetic language. Those are probably generators going like, I have no idea how you even do that. Like, I have to stick to one task, finish it, and then move on to the next task. Yeah. And you're like, that's totally foreign to me. What are you doing? That's weird. So I love that. Like just this awareness in and of itself is what can create toxic interactions because like you don't have to be like you, like not everyone is like you. We all have, like we look through the lens of the world through our own eyes, but then when we open and expand it and realize that other people are seeing life through their specific lens, and our charts tell us exactly what lens we're looking at life through. It's quite what amazing. I find a little bit challenging, though, is that I feel like I'm fairly good. And my family or my kids would say that, too. Like, I can, um, I'm very open and receptive to the ways in which other people may need to work, other way people need to process things. Some people take a while to process, whatever. And I'm okay with that. What I find challenging is that, when people aren't as open to being as receptive to the different ways that people do things. So when people aren't receptive or open to the ways in which I have to function or the ways in which I think I function, it's like, oh, am I okay? Am I really crazy? Like it, it feels a little 
yeah. disjointed or something. Yeah. And I feel like that ties into your open will. You have this little tiny triangle that's white. That might be something to do. Like, I really love that you are open and you have a very beautiful perspective that there's multiple ways of doing things and other people, like everyone has their own uniqueness. That's definitely wisdom that you've developed maybe from other past lives because in your defined head and ajna, in the toxic, most lowest vibration, that's not how that type of center operates. Maybe when you were younger or in another past life, you were like, if you still had this energy, you'd be like, nope, there's only one way or the highway. And that's it. Like, this is how it should be done. But I love that you don't have that perspective, but your open will center can make you feel a little bit confused when someone is almost like instilling their will into your aura and be like, no, this is the one way. Like, like we're talking about the multitasking versus one task at a time. And then you're like, oh, is that really the right way? Because like their will and their idea about something, their agenda is getting pushed into you and you're starting to amplify it. And then you get confused because you're like, that's not really what I believe. So then you're like, what am I amplifying? What is going on here? So us with the open will centers, and I know a lot of us empaths have this, especially who have been manipulated by the narcissists or the system, we can be sold what we already have. Like we just can be, if we're not aware and we leave that back door open, we can be easily scammed all the time. And we're like, why did I get duped again? <laughs> I can't believe that happened again. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just laughing because it hits home, right? It's like, oh, wow. Okay. It does hit home. And this is one of my most favorite centers to make people aware of because this really is where our biggest vulnerabilities to other people's agendas, lies, sales, ideas can get pushed into us in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. But the positive way is you can find a friend that can help you get on a certain routine or discipline because it is hard to stay disciplined with this open will. So there's pros and cons to it. And like, once you know it, and then you can know how to work with your energy. Uh, that's going to take some thought, actually. I think I need to think that. And sometimes it's weird because, and I don't know where this plays in this, but I was going to, one of the questions that I actually had, so maybe it'll, this is a natural spot, but yeah. I often, like a lot of my life has been, I always spoke in like, I feel I like I was always using I feel statements or this I this is how I feel about this. One thing that I've noticed in just in the last few not that long of a time, maybe a year or two, it's like I've been using the statement a little bit more of like, I think this or I think that. So it's okay, where does this fit as far as like between the I feel and think thinking from that feeling place and I feel a little bit like it's I feel a li little bit like I've dissociated from my I feel place and only have gone into a little bit like I think place and I don't know why that might be so I was mm -hmm. that was just a question of like why might that be one question is are you feeling frustration after maybe expressing your feelings so you're shifting into thinking 
it maybe be like, how did people respond to you when you said, I feel? People think it's weird that I say, I think now. I wonder what, what made you shift from, do you recall what made you shift from, I feel to, I think? You might think this is a little bit weird, but I think this whole COVID thing and almost like the nature of the work that I do, which is I'm in the the health field. I'm a nurse by profession. I'm a director of health services. I do all of that. And so I really, I really had to almost like, oh, maybe this is what it is. I just had a little bit of a wake up. I couldn't be in I feel because if you're in I feel during this whole process when you've got people's lives on the line I'm taking care of a community I've got all of these things shifting I don't have time to be in the I feel space but that just I just realized that oh my gosh that's beautiful and also it is been a traumatic time for people in the healthcare situation, the stress, because then if you're shutting off the floodgates of feeling, and I'm getting goosebumps talking to you and having this epiphany with you. So you had to put up a guard, you had to put up a bit of a, what do we call it, a heart wall around your feelings so that you could get through it, that you could survive and you could still be that confident leader and so you had to switch to that thinking. Yeah, the thinking. And the thinking, can I continue to talk while you yeah, decompress? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm washing her over here. Decompress, have this beautiful aha moment. I don't want to ruin it by continuing to talk. But you're, the thinking is not your truest inner authority. So you were, in, before COVID, you were in alignment with your emotional inner authority. You have the defined solar plexus. When let me just explain the inner authority is like your guidance system for your intuition, for your your soul's truth. And so you were in line in alignment with it. So the trauma of being in the healthcare system through COVID has blocked you off to your inner authority because it just it was too much, which I 100 percent understand. And it's not a bad thing you blocked it off. But now that we've recognized that we can get back to your true inner authority again. Because it's, we've gotten through it. We were able to put our thinking hat on, but now it's time to tune back into our feeling, our emotional inner authority, back to your soul's inner authority. And with time, you don't have to do it right away, but just knowing it is the the part of the process of the awareness. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Yeah. I just have to sit with that for a minute because it's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's like, holy. Yeah. That was a very, that I didn't realize that until I started processing it. Yeah. Speaking and processing it. Absolutely. And sometimes that's what it takes, like, is those questions to be asked of us, which we don't always come to asking of ourselves. in the moment because we're thinking too hard (laughs) yeah or you're like too much in the forest you can't see the forest for the trees totally (laughs) yeah so should we move on to your profile you let me know when you're ready yeah we can yeah it's okay we can move on yeah okay
I'm sure you'll be subconsciously processing that moment for the rest yeah. of the day and again if you come from now. Yeah. Yes. So your profile is another part of your energy. It's part of your I would also say like a bit of your personality and your theme. So you have a combination. There are there's six profile numbers. So one through three are personal, like kind of life themes. And four through six are interpersonal, like they have to do with relating to people. And you have two, which is called the hermit. So your personal experience, like you have three books on your nightstand, you love to learn and read. The hermit is the wise sage that retreats into the cave, does their studies, dives into the philosophy of life, the introspection. You're constantly introspecting. And then they may emerge with some wise information to share with them. Like it's really for themselves, but then they get to share it with other people. And you have then the four line, which is the opportunist, which is all about loving life, like getting into relationships. I think we talked about this on our first call, like you meet besties and you're, you network with them immediately. Like it's just a natural thing you love to do is finding opportunities for other people, finding connections, very entrepreneur, business oriented. Everything is an opportunity, right? Like every relationship, every event is an opportunity. Yeah. And it's a good thing, right? It's an opportunity to make money or to put a party together or to get a relationship together. I've talked to someone who is a four and she's like, yeah, I'm always matchmaking, like total matchmaker. Like it just depends on what your focus is in life. And so you are technically you're an omnivert, right? The hermit is an introvert and the opportunist is an extrovert. So you get to just embrace that you're an omnivert and own it and love it. Very interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of us that have two lines feel guilty about hermiting. Like because it's such an on the go type of culture we live in, it's very toxic masculine, like that energy of just always doing and going. And this hermit is a lot more of a divine feminine, like moving through cycles with the moon. Like when the moon is dark, we want to retreat. We don't want to talk to people. We want to hide. And when the moon is full, we're ready to go out and talk to people. So just being able to embrace that divine feminine energy with the two line, I think is important. Not to feel bad that you're reclusing a little bit. Like that's just part of the cycle. The very interesting, there's going to be so much to process for today, but to think along those lines, because I, around the cycles and in our previous conversation a little bit, I was beginning to try to pay attention a little bit more. I know it's only been a few days, but it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll start with the moon cycles. Those are easy. So just maybe start tracking, like, where is the moon? Is it full? Is it new? Because sometimes we don't even mind the moon. And then once you start minding the moon, you really start to feel those flows and cycles. It was interesting because it would have been, it's been about six, a little over six weeks ago, whenever the new moon was in April. And it was very fascinating because my girlfriend and I have known for a long time and we were like, we need to do ceremony because we, a lot of our lives and a lot of our, the work that we do and the nature of the community that I'm from and what have you we do a lot of things around ceremony and I said we need 
I want to do ceremony. I want to go. And it just, the way that it was the new moon and we had, I didn't, when I looked, when we started talking about it, I didn't look at the calendar to say, oh, we're going to do it on this day. It was just like, not like that at all. And then we realized it and we're kind of like, oh, okay, this is very, like this, it was very organic and the way that it was meant to be. And we were able to go, yeah, and do ceremony and. Did you do your first ceremony on the new moon date? Yes, we did. Yeah, because that's the way it, it was just the way that it was worked out. And it was, wow. And the energy that kind of came from that. And it, we brought some things that we felt were like important to us. And we brought our drums and some different things. And it was, it was interesting to see. We didn't plan what we were going to bring with each other. We didn't talk about it. We just, when we came together, that's what we had. It was like, we need to do ceremony around that. And we had a fire because, of course, fire is always cleansing for us. Yeah. And our and it, there was still ice on the lake, so we couldn't go to the water. But otherwise, I probably would have gone to the water. Probably. Oh, that's so interesting. And I'm just looking back. It was a new moon in Aries. The fire is perfect for the Aries. Yes, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, but. The creator knew that. So I have to just also just faith or whatever, just trust and believe that was the way it was meant to be. That's beautiful. I love the serendipity of that. That's beautiful. Is there, it's always good to talk about your strategy as a manifesting generator, because this helps you flow with energy, flow with how to manifest things, how for, since you are an opportunist, for these opportunities to come to you from the universe is really to respond. <clears throat> also with a caveat of informing. So just like you had done with your moon circle is informing like, you know what? I really feel like we should get back into ritual. And then whoever was in that group with you was able to respond and say, yes, absolutely. And then everyone's pinging off each other and you're responding and saying, okay, let's do this. And whoever orchestrated it, you were responding to and and saying yes and okay let's do it here this day and all that stuff so it all flowed beautifully it just flowed and i know her and there was meant to have been three of us that came that what did together the other one for whatever reason wasn't able to come and that was totally i just i don't know everything and i don't have to know everything but i just one thing i do know is that i just need to know and trust that whoever is meant to be there at that moment is meant to be there and will be there and we just embrace it for that not try to judge it not try to change it not try to i mean there's still organizing okay we're going to go down here etc cetera, etc cetera, but to just trust the process and i think this is such a time in my own personal life where it's i don't have all the answers which is very hard for me because I don't have, and and I'm doing a lot of my through alignment for different reasons. This and other things have come to my awareness where, okay, you can't unknow what you've then come to know. And so it's kind of like, okay, now that I can't unknow that, how do I process it? How do I proceed through it? And what does that look like? And having people around me uh, 
trust is a bit of an issue. So there's some challenges there. So I really like my friend and I that went did ceremony. She's someone, she's, she's my person. One of probably two people. <laughs> I always like to say I have lots of acquaintances. I really think it, we're very fortunate and very blessed if we have a couple of people that are those true people that aren't afraid to speak truth to you, but also will hold you gently when you need to be held gently too. I agree. Yeah, they're very rare. Yeah. yeah. So if we have at least one, maybe yeah. two, yeah, we're very lucky. Totally. I agree. And it's following the breadcrumbs. I love that. It's like trusting the process, doing what you love, and following the breadcrumbs. That's essentially your strategy. It's not thinking of an idea and starting it and marketing it like so many people think about in this life. No, it's just doing what you love, following the breadcrumbs, and different magical doors will come in your way. You're like, well, I did not even think of that. Like that came out of left field. And the universe is like, here you go. This is just a beautiful opportunity. Here you go. And it's so cool. But it takes a lot of surrender, right? It takes a lot of trust, which I know is hard for us empaths, especially with having narcissism in our life. But just trusting the universe, right? Not You don't have to trust other people. Just trust the universe. Oh. Trust your own inner authority because that helps you know, like, which breadcrumb to follow. Listening to that. this is something that's been a little bit what I would say, and I didn't know where this would fit into it either, but it was something that I wanted to ask was what? when you have that intuition and for varieties of reasons, you shut that intuition off or down or whatever yeah so it's like redeveloping a bit of a relationship and understanding of what that is and so that's taken a little bit of work over the last little while absolutely it, I mean, there's so many layers to the onion of trauma and conditioning that we have to unpeel and every single layer you unpeel, you're developing trust in the relationship with yourself. Like, that's why we talk a like people in this world talk about inner child, or at least I do, like developing that trust again with yourself to reparent yourself, to listen to your intuition, which again, yours is emotional. I think we talked about having you start to notice your cycles, your highs and lows and some type of journal to see like where your consistent cycles are. So that way, you know exactly how much time to tell somebody before you give them a definitive answer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Feeling feeling through. Like, oh, I'm so excited about it, but don't say yes. Anyone yes. with an emotional <laughs> authority, do not say yes right away. <laughs> so excited about it. And then you're like, I regret everything I just committed to. Because you didn't feel through the emotional cycle. Because you got to wait. You got to be like, I'm excited. I'm neutral. I regret this. Like if you said yes. But if you haven't said yes, then you can be like, oh, I don't really want to do this. And you haven't committed yet. So you feel relief that you haven't committed yet. That's the biggest key. <laughs> I always commit before I. So the, so in our little bit in our conversation, the last couple of days have been a bit of a low. And yeah, for varieties of reason. And so I've just been aware to not yeah. make you know because I can go yes and in my head I'm like, for real 
Yeah. Especially because you have the open wheel center. So you're like, yeah, I'm <laughs> amplifying your agenda. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. But then it's like, then your emotional cycle gets to the bottom. You're like, oh, crap. No, pull back, pull back. I regret everything. <laughs> and as much as I love like my grandbabies and things are so fabulous. It's just like, <sighs> yeah, you still need your own adult time too. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so finding, so the ultimate answer for everyone, like leaning into like, when do I say yes? When do I say no? It's at the end of that cycle when you're finally neutral after the high neutral low is like a clock. Make sure you're at nine o'clock, not at 12 or six over there after the whole cycle. And you'll really gain clarity because you'll feel through, like we we're talking about earlier, feeling, you'll feel through the experience before you've experienced it to wonder and to know clearly if this is right for you or not, if this is the right breadcrumb. Yeah. It's about rebuilding relationship with it from within, I guess, is really how I, like, how I've thought about it and how I have, it. yeah. Oh, I love how you said that. It is like building your relationship with yourself from within from within yeah yeah so beautiful sometimes what i present isn't necessarily within alignment with what's going on and so i can very easily smile put on that face push through continue to move forward and i but in that process, what I what I'm learning and what I'm feeling is that each time I do that, it's like taking away a little bit of that nugget from within me and giving medicine to someone else, but not keeping any and I don't mean from a selfish place. I just mean like, yeah. It's not coming from a cup full. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it's not pouring over because you're self-denying and committing too much. Yeah. Where you need to spend time to do what you enjoy. You can't always be overcommitting, even though you may have the energy as a manifesting generator. It's, it's still self-denial. It's still self-betrayal. And no, I can be selfish in this moment. I need my alone time and I can see or commit to something next weekend, especially you being a hermit. Like you need that quiet time to recharge it's so interesting though because then i like and this again is maybe some learned behavior maybe it's from history it's from the stories that i've told myself that there's like there's guilt attached to 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 that so i what i would say is it's about it's not just about relationship with oneself it's actually about healthy relationship the other piece is it's not just about a boundary. It's about a healthy boundary. And it's not about trying to be, and not that there's anything wrong with being assertive, but I think that they're all, that also has to come from a place of healthiness. And so it's about rebuilding that healthy relationship. And when, like for myself, never, I have no idea what a boundary is. I'm just <laughs> because I'm just so used to just doing and going and being right so it's kind of like totally yeah. good that. not a problem 
Yeah, no is not in your vocabulary. <laughs> it's, about, it's about learning to say those, that two little word, which is a very, and come at it not from a place of guilt or anger or frustration or whatever, but just again, going through the emotional cycle, then coming at it from a place like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know that actually will work for me, but we can revisit it another time. So it's not like just saying no and cutting it, cutting people off at the knees, but it's, but maybe we can revisit this discussion a different time or negotiate. Cause I still think that there needs to be discussion and negotiation a little bit, but that's just how I feel. Cause I still want harmony and I want to be, I want to be seen sure. as yeah, collaborative and relationship. Absolutely. Because that line four, absolutely. And that's beautiful because timing is everything. And that's what human design teaches us. So it's like, now is not the time, but let's revisit this in whatever months you want or weeks. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. That is the time we have for your reading today. What a beautiful lesson from Wanda and a reminder to not self-deny, to realign yourself with your intuition, your inner authority, and fill your cup up so that you can continue to heal and still be a light to others in your life that you so desire to be. And I just want to report some really good news that after our call and reading, uh, Wanda was able to get into a special program to... uh, remedy or alleviate her complex PTSD and hopefully it will eradicate it and she's just been in such a mode of preparing her heart and her mind for it so she's actually doing that this summer so let's send love and light out to her for discernment guidance and direction and she has shared that her heart is full of peace and she wants to honor her incredible healing journey by acknowledging that she is an empath and finally discovering that and realizing that to have complex PTSD and coming to a place and realizing to truly begin a healing journey. She is on the path and I see it as becoming a whole woman who with empathy and healing hands lives her life seeking the true light, empowering others to do the same thereby changing the world one heart at a time. And I think that really ties in beautifully to her incarnation cross of Eden, which I didn't even get a chance to share with her, but I'll just share with you a short reading of her life theme is what the incarnation cross is of Eden. So the Garden of Eden personal life theme is to delve deeply into the full array of emotional experiences carrying with you throughout your life the light that accompanied you at birth. In your heart, you hold a memory of how life can be so full of love, yet in your reality, you are constantly challenged by a less than perfect and sometimes harsh world. Painful childhood experiences where people shocked you with their lack of integrity have left you with a hunger to return to a place of wholeness and love. You may seek this love through emotional intimacy with others only to be disappointed that these are but temporal experiences that do not fulfill the longing in your soul so deep is the longing in your soul that you can take on 
a lifetime's journey to find your way back to the garden and that place of love, light, and intelligence that you sense exists on some level. Your search might take you on travels, into and out of relationships, through career changes, and living situations, and into all manner of life experiences until you finally discover that this wonderland you so earnestly seek has always been inside of you. And Wanda, I think, has finally come to that realization. And she realizes that her Eden is within her. So with your conscious sun in gate six, you can be the center point of life's friction, constantly resolving your own and other people's issues in one way or another. You might seek to focus your attention exclusively on intimate relationships and the dramas being played out with others to avoid the real issues that confront you inside your own being. You can be so continuously concerned about the future that you hold back from making commitments to move forward in the present. Another part of you is full of inspiring ideas that become stifled when you fail to let them be fully realized. The most important thing you can remember is the light you carry within you and how when you expand that light and shine it out into the world, you change everything, literally bringing paradise to the earth. Life is but a play on many stages, and when you remember your type, strategy, and inner authority, you will always be in time to act the parts in that play as well. How do you know you're on the right path? The healing journey is unique to each person, and it takes one baby step at a time. The truth about narcissists journal ritual, EFT tapping, mirror work, connect with your healed ancestor, Ho'oponopono prayer, dealing with difficult people meditation, gratitude journal, and human design 101. These are just some of the few tools that I have included in the Empath and Narcissist book, A Healing Guide with Spiritual Exercises. I am over here on the other side of the deep, dark, cavern abyss that you're facing right now of the unknown i'm here waving cheering you on to take your next right step to the other side and one of those steps is to educate yourself and gain all the healing tools that have helped me cross my own bridge to the other side and have a life full of abundance and love and peace away from the narcissist you can find my book on amazon and listen on audible today Peace and love to all of you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a really special one to do. And remember, there are three more spots this summer open at $25. The link is in the show notes. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show, and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it take a screenshot share it on your socials share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand and remember always keep your unique light shining
time I'm fading fast I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose, what do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need what you need. We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic, believe